It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I can breathe. I want what you want, Lord, and nothing. Bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our Maker, our Supplier, our Sustainer, our Healer, our Deliverer, anything that you and I can think of that's good in our life in our existence, anything that we can think of and and much more that we cannot think of, it has come from our Heavenly Father. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God. We thank God today for blessing you and blessing me with another day in the land of the living. This is the day that he has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I want to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do thank God today for Journey Mercy as we recently traveled to the great district of Columbia, Washington, D.C., as we are in the process of finalizing some of our travel arrangements for the upcoming conference in Liberia, Monrovia, Monrovia, Liberia. Uh, 
I encourage each of you to, to pray with us and to pray for us for that great conference, the Lord willing, um, November 9th through the 15th. We'll be in the great country of Liberia with Apostle Prince and his wonderful congregation. We thank God for each of you saints. Children of God, we're going to take a look today at something the apostle writes to us in the book of Hebrews. One of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews chapter 4, with a special focus on verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, with a special focus on verse 12. The apostle writes to us, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We're going to work from a theme today, children of God. The word of God is alive. The word of God is alive. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we say thank you. Thank you, for Father, for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you are going to do. We, your little children, anticipate with eager expectation what you have in store for us, your little children. Father, we say thank you. Father, any sin that we have committed in thought, word, or deed, we ask your forgiveness. Anything that we have purposed, planned, set about, in our way that is not pleasing in your sight, Father. We ask for forgiveness, Father. We ask that you continue leading us, continue guiding us to the place that you have prepared for us since before the foundations of the earth, that we may be found not with a righteousness of our own, but with a righteousness that comes through faith in your only begotten Son. This is our prayer, Heavenly Father. These and all other blessings we ask as we search your holy scripture. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we have prayed. Let God's people say, Amen and Amen. The Word of God is alive. Praise the living God. Lord was dealing with me a little earlier today as to why a lot of people don't like the word of God. Why a lot of people don't like to study God's word. Why a lot of people don't like to hear God's word. 
and definitely why a lot of people don't like to do God's word. I was like, Lord, you know, here we are in one of the most blessed countries by you that I have ever seen. Rarely do you see people out speaking your word. Rarely do you see people out uh, preaching your word. Rarely do you. I was like, you know what? Why? What? What is going on that would make a people so blessed not want to hear from the one that is blessing them? And the Lord began dealing with me with something, children of God, and it was it was kind of frightening to me. In regards to this topic, the word of God is alive. And the Lord said to me, he said, Robert, the reason why a lot of people don't like to hear my word, because my word is alive, my word is active, and a lot of people are dead even while they liveth. My prayer for each one of us, may we not be dead while we liveth. Now you say, Apostle, that's a contradiction. How can you be dead while you live? Understand this, my brother, and understand this, my sister. There is natural life and there is spiritual life. You and I can have one without the other. You can have natural life and not have spiritual life. Or if God said, Robert, you can have spiritual life and not even be alive in the natural or physically. My prayer for each of us that is listening to this broadcast is that while we have natural life, we are alive physically. We are still in the land of the living. May we also have spiritual life. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like hearing God's word. God's word is alive in and of itself. And it is meant to give life and to perpetuate life in our human spirits. But because a lot of people are dead, even though they are living physically, they don't want to hear God's word. They don't want to hear what God is talking about. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The adversary has deceived a number of people. Me and one of our deacons were talking about this on last night. The adversary has deceived a lot of people into thinking that being dead spiritually is better than being alive with God. I want to encourage you, my brother. I want to encourage you, my sister. There is nothing better than being alive with God. There is no better place to be than in his presence. There is no better thing to do than what he has instructed you and me to do. The Bible says the word of God is alive. 
The word of God is meant to make you and me alive. The word of God is meant for you and me to catch hold of it, grab hold of it, run with it so that we can have life and life more abundantly. The word of God is alive. It's not meant for people that want to stay dead. See, you got to want to come out of the dead. Just like in, in order to get up out of the bed, you, you have to want to get up out of the bed. Whether it's a job, whether it's to exercise, whether it's to whatever, you have to want. See, and that's a part of your will and that's a part of my will. Want or our desire. We have to want to come out of death and come alive. And see, God knows whether we really want to come out of death and step into life or we don't. And if we don't, God will let us stay dead, even though we are living. People that are not born again are dead while they are alive. Sounds like a contradiction, I know. They're physically alive, but they are spiritually dead. Now, what the Lord keeps flashing on spirit is is what he said in regards to Adam in the garden eons ago. Told Adam, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Well, Adam took a bite. His eyes came open. He walked around for almost another thousand years. You know, did God lie? God said in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, most of us think of Death means we stop breathing or, you know, our spirit has has um, spirit and soul are no longer in the body and and we're just a corpse. That's what most of us think of death. But God's understanding of death is deeper than that. God understands that when you and I separate from him in the spiritual realm. Now, picture my hand. See my hands on the camera for those of you that are watching the broadcast. I am grasping, my left hand is grasping my right hand, and my right hand is grasping my, grasping my left hand. This is how God's spirit and Adam's spirit were before Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were unified. They were together. They were in oneness. God and man shared atonement, which means at one man in the spirit realm. But God said in the day that you eat from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Well, what was the death that God was talking about? God, in essence, was saying to Adam that the day you eat that fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there will be a spiritual separation between you and me. This is what God sees death as. He knows that this spiritual separation will eventually lead to solical death, will eventually lead to physical death, but this disconnection. Now, what the Lord has in my spirit, I just got off the highway. I drove about drove about 12 hours yesterday, drove about um, four or five hours today. Now, driving on the highway, up and down the highway, 
if you take your foot off the accelerator when you're driving, you may go for a while coasting, you know, or if you're going downhill, you may travel for a while, but eventually you will stop without your foot on the gas or the accelerator. Even though when you take as soon as you take your foot off the gas, you are still going. But stopping, if you don't change that trajectory, that course of action, eventually you will stop. Well, when God separated in the spiritual realm from Adam, that was death. That was even though Adam was walking around, even though Adam was talking, Adam was seeing, Adam was dead as far as God was concerned because they were disconnected in spiritual realms. You, would you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? I'm trying to get you to understand, my brother and my sister, that God sees people that have not connected with him in the spiritual realm by placing their faith in Jesus Christ as his only begotten son and as their Lord and Savior. God sees them as dead. Though they are alive, they are walking around, they're talking to us, they're speaking to us, they are there. But God sees them as dead. You say, Apostle, how do we come back to life? How do, you must reconnect yourself with God's spirit. Your spirit must reconnect with God's spirit. You say, Apostle, how do we do that? Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And Jesus Christ, your faith in Jesus, will reconnect your spirit with God's spirit and oneness with your creator will again take place. God's word is alive. God's word, you are spiritually dead. God is spiritually alive. God's word will bridge the gap between dead, formerly dead you, dead me, dead him, dead her, and alive God, living God, live God, and now we will become alive. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. Dead or alive, if you if you are dead, may God's word bring you back to life. If you are already alive through and by God's word, may it take you deeper into the mind of God. God's word is alive. Now, what God's word is meant to do, one of the things that is meant to do in your life and my life because of its living nature. Now look at what, what our scripture says. The word of God is alive and active. Now, anything that's alive is active. It's active. Some, it may not be much action, or it may be much, but if it's alive, it is active. It, if it is dead, there is lack of activity. That is one of the ways that we can tell that a person is alive or a person is dead. A person is dead, won't have any pulse, they won't have any 
you know, any brain activity, unresponsive. But God's word is alive and it is meant to give life to you and to mine. God's word is alive and it is active. Now, what I'm hearing God say in my spirit, God said, Robert, the same way me and my word are active, I want you and my people to be active. I don't know where you are under the sound of my voice, but I want to encourage you, be active. You know, the God, our creator, our heavenly father, our Lord and savior is active. He wants you and I to be active. You know, basically there are two states. There's, you know, sleep, and then there is active. You know, God wants us to be active. Be active in your church. Be active in your community. Be active in your family. Be active, active. The word of God is alive. The word of God is active. Now you say, Apostle, how is God's word active? Look at what the, look at what God's word does. This expresses the active nature of God's word. First thing, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. Now, um, Lord had me do something maybe about 20 years ago, and I kind of think back to it, and I kind of smile. I'd gone to China back in 1999. I had a wonderful time, spent a number of weeks over there playing basketball against some of their Olympic players and their professional players. But I I purchased a sword, Chinese sword. I was kind of like, you know, samurai or whatever. I'm surprised they even let me travel back with, with that sword now that I think about it. But I brought the sword back and I had the sword up on our wall here at the Christian Center. One Sunday before or during worship service, the Lord had me to share a parable with the congregation. I went, I got that sword. I came into the church with that sword. I unsheathed it. I had the sword. The saints were looking at me like, Apostle, what, what are you doing? And I just started swinging the sword back and forth. I'd get close to the saints. Wouldn't say anything. Just start swinging the sword. Back and forth, and the saints will be backing up, and the saints will be, uh, you know, running out. And they were, Apostle, what are you doing? I wouldn't say anything. I'm just, you know, I'd turn to another one and start sw- swinging the sword. Apostle, what you doing? They back up. They back up. I said, and then finally, the Lord had me to share with the congregation the meaning of the parable. And in essence, what I let the saints know is I said, look, I said now, and I'm paraphrasing because it's been many years ago. I said, now you all were backing up. You all were running away. You, you know, this was with a natural sword. You were not trying to get close to me as much as I believe you all love me. You were not trying to get close to me while I was 
while I was swinging that sword. You were backing up. You were going. You some of you would it would even leave the church building trying to get away from that sword. I said, well, I said, what you all have to understand is that God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. I said, now, Shab, you the reason why you were running away and backing up and trying to escape was because of this sword. This, you know this is a double-edged sword. You know it's sharp. You know it can do damage. So you were backing up trying to get away in the natural. I said, this is why a lot of people try to get away from us. Speaking and teaching and preaching God's word all the time and talking God's word all the time. God, as sharp as this sword is here in the natural, God's word, the Bible says that God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. I said, you got to understand the same way you all not trying to be near me as much as you all love me with this natural sword swinging back and forth. This is why a lot of people will try are trying to get away from around us as children of God. Because we are constantly speaking that word that's sharper than any double-edged sword. We're constantly preaching this word that's sharper than any double-edged sword. To them, in the spiritual, we are the same way I was swinging this sword back and forth in the natural. And you all were saying, I'm not going to stay near that. What they are saying in the spiritual is you swinging this sword of the word of God back and forth. And I don't want to be near that. Oh, this place here, before I started preaching and teaching God's word on a real serious basis, would be jam-packed with people, or cars, horns blowing, people playing basketball on the basketball court, people swimming in the swimming pool, had a volleyball court set up in the backyard, people in the backyard. I Sometimes I would come back to come home, there'd be 40, 50 young people all in the yard. Hey, uh, Coach B, what's up? Uh-huh. Word of God was not going forth like it is now. So some of you all under the sound of my voice, you wondering why a lot of people that used to want to be around you or used to want to come by and see you and check on you, why they don't now? Check on. Uh, how are you swinging that sword of the word of God? The word of God is going to do one of two things with everybody in your life. Listen to me, children of God, and listen, listen well. The word of God coming out of your mouth, coming out of your heart, coming is going to do one of two things with everybody in your life. It is either going to draw them closer or it is going to repel them further away. Just keep that in mind. Keep that. And so, so some of you that are wondering why that, where happened to all my so-called friends that I had before I was saved? Well, now I'm just trying to share with them what the Bible says and what God says. Well, how come they don't come by? How come they don't call? How come they the word of God is alive. Word of God is sharp. Word of God is active. Now, understand this, that the word of God is meant to get the wrong people 
out of our lives and the word of God will usher the right people into our lives. Write that down for those of you taking notes. The word of God, and this is one of the reasons why we need to preach it, why we need to teach it, why we need to speak it, why we need to live it, why we, because what it will do, I thank God for those of you that are out of my life because of the word of God. That lets me know you shouldn't have been in my life in the first place. I thank God for the word of God getting you away from me. Those of you that are leaving me or, or going away and those that leave you and go away from you because of the word of God. It, it, and it reminds me of uh, a movie I, I watched on television some time ago. I think the movie was called Skeleton Key and it dealt with black magic and witchcraft and all this type of thing. And this young girl, she didn't believe in it as fir at first, but as the movie progressed, she began to believe in it more and more. Listen to me, my brother and my sister. I'm saying this to the children of God. Witchcraft is just as real as I am. Now, the only, the only way we are going to conquer or overcome witchcraft and black magic and this type of thing is through and by the spirit, through and by the power of God. But that's a whole nother discussion. But in this movie, this young lady, she didn't believe at first in witchcraft. But as the movie progressed and she saw some things and experienced some things, she started believing more and more in it. Well, make a long story short, she went to like a witchcraft store. And the lady that was selling the witchcraft objects told her that this powder if you sprinkle this powder on your your door jam people that mean you no good they can't cross it and i was what when i remember watching the movie and there was one older lady that was acting like she was the young girl's friend but she and the young girl was trying to invite her in her room but she had sprinkled the powder on the floor and the, the old woman couldn't, she, she kept making excuses. She was not able to cross because supposedly that powder uh, and, and that she did not mean the young girl uh, any good and she could not cross the powder, the powder. And I was thinking as I was watching, I said, now that powder in black magic, it, you know, this is how the word of God operates for us as children of God, as we speak it, as we preach it, as we teach it, it will run, it will keep people away from us that mean us no good. See, you think, think about this. If you are leaving me or you are running away from me or you are running away from somebody because they are preaching and teaching the word of God, then what is it that's really going on inside of you? You know, that you will leave someone or you will uh, try to get away from someone that's preaching and teaching the truth. What What are you really looking for? What are you really into if you're running away from the truth? Listen to me, my brother. Listen to me, my sister. Anytime we run from something, we are running to something. 
Anytime we run, uh, you know, to something, we're running away from something. Those of you that want to run away from sound doctrine, I know what I'm preaching. I know what I'm teaching. What are you running to? Because you're not going to run from sound doctrine to sound doctrine. Just like you're not going to run from the truth to the truth. You run from the truth to a lie. You run from sound doctrine to false doctrine. If you're outside and a lion is outside to start chasing you, you're not trying to run from that lion so that when you go in your house and shut the door, there'll be another lion inside. You're not trying to run from a lion to the lion. You're trying to run from the lion so you can get away from the line. Hopefully you can run into maybe your your puppy in the house or your 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 poodle, little poodle or your because you but what you're trying to get away from is the lion. Yeah, I shared with you all earlier about when God gave me the parable of the sharp sword. The congregation members were not trying to run away from me swinging that sharp that 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 Chinese sword back and forth, so they could run to somebody else that was sw swinging a sword, a sword. They were trying to run from me swinging a sword, so that wherever else they ran to, they didn't have to deal with that. That's why some people leave your ministry, pastors, bishops, elders, overseers, and run to other places where the word of God or sound doctrine is not being preached and taught. They can feel comfortable. Now, uh, you know, and what the Lord is bringing to my spirit, and the Lord says, Robert, give him this parable. I was swinging a real sword back and forth. They knew that sword was real. That if that sword hit them, they know they'd have been cut. They know they'd have bleed. They, they knew that sword I was swinging was real. Now, if somebody down the street had a plastic sword. They wouldn't have to run from that. They could stand there while the sword was swinging back and forth. They could smile and joke and play. Well, that's the way it is with the gospel. Those that are really preaching and teaching the word of God are swinging a real sword. Those that are, you know, uh, preaching false doctrine, they got a fake sword. People can people can stay and stay just like just like somebody swinging a sword, a person swinging a real sword. You trying to back up, you trying to get away from that. You trying because you know that is real. That is not playing. But somebody with a false false sword, you grow up and let them hit you with the sword. Hit my neck, hit my neck with that sword. Chop at my arm, chop at my arm. Why? Because you know the sword is fake. That's the same thing with the word of God. People that's really preaching the word of God. And everybody's not running up in that any kind of way. But people, false prophets, false doctrine, people being there smiling, laughing, having a good. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the Lord never shared that with me before, children of God. I've been preaching this word 30 plus years. The Lord never shared that revelation with me. God said, Robert, it's just like a real sword or a fake sword. A real sword, people are not going to just stand there any kind of way while that's being swung. 
while that's being manipulated, they're not gonna people not gonna do it. You not. But a person with a fake sword, and you might tell them, stab me in the tummy, stab me in the tummy, stab, because you know it's fake. It's not gonna hurt you. It's not gonna do. But the word of God is sharper. God said, Robert, my word is sharp. God said, you need to understand, Robert, what you preaching and teaching and sharing with my people. You remember what your spiritual mother said? And I'm, I'm thinking back to something my spiritual mother said about 40 years ago. She said, the ministry that God is going to place within you is going to be like dynamite. Real dynamite? People take off running. People take off hiding. People try to make sure they get enough space between them and real dynamite. Now, fake dynamite, people will be, you could you could juggle di fake dynamite sticks. Fake dynamite sticks, you can put them between your fingers and, and twirl them like baton. Fake dynamite, because they're not going to blow. Real dynamite, they'll blow some stuff up. God is letting me know today that this ministry God has given to me, it'll blow some stuff up. And it's and if God's word blow it up, it's meant to be blown up. If God's word burn it up, it's because it's meant to be burned up. <sighs> Come on, children of God. Let's let's see what, what we have here. God's word is alive. God's word. Is active. God's word is sharp. Sharp. Sharper than any double-edged sword. What does it do? It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Now, most oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is Give it to my people, Robert. This is powerful. Most of us are not going to stand still and be cut in the natural and in the spiritual. In the natural, you're not going to just stand there and just let somebody cut you normally. Even when we have to get an operation, they have to give us sedatives. They have to put us under. Because we just don't, we, we, we're not trying to just be cut any kind of way. Well, that's what pre preaching and teaching of the word is. So, so what's happening, you know, we are being cut. We are being penetrated. God, all little pretense, all our little hypocrisy, all, our, all that mess is laid bare. God see right through all that little nonsense. His word will cut right through all that nonsense. That we be trying to, God's word penetrates. God's word cuts. So for those of you that, that are able to stand this ministry, I know you got to want to get better. You got to want to get closer to God. This is not a ministry for people that just want to play church. This is a ministry for, not that we're perfect or better than anyone, but we want to get better. Not that we are better than anyone, but God said we want to get better. See, God's word is for people that want to get better as husbands, as wives, as pastors, as congregation members. We want to get better. Why do we let ourselves get cut? Uh, 
for surgery, not because we like getting cut. We're getting cut because we want to take the tumor out or or fix the bone or, or something make us better. God's word is meant to make us better. It's that's why it's penetrating. That's why it's cutting. That's why God because it's meant to make us better. Say it penetrates. Paul said it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Soul is is one thing. The spirit is another thing. God's word will go inside the spirit and be dealing all with the soul, dealing all with our thoughts, dealing all with our will, dealing all with our emotion. God's word, it divides joints and marrow. Well, the joints is how our bones come together. The marrow is what is inside of our bones. God is dealing with what's on the outside of us and what's on the inside of us. God is dealing with how we behave and how we treat one another. God is also dealing with what is going on inside of our hearts. Look at what the Bible says. It divides. It penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit. The, the, the soul is inside the spirit. So God's word is dealing with what's on the outside and the soul is on the end. God's word is dealing with what's on the inside. Understand God is trying to clean you and me up outwardly and inwardly. God is trying to build you and me up outwardly and inwardly. This is one reason I like exercise before preaching and teaching the word. Normally, the Bible says that, that physical exercise has some value. In other words, building up the physical man. But spiritual training has value in all things. Spiritual training is what we are doing now by studying God's word, by getting deeper in God's word. People that don't like to exercise in the physical, oftentimes they're fat, and out of shape, and obese, and all kind of different. People that don't like to, uh, spiritual training, studying the word and, and the, the revelation and insight, they will have spiritual problems. When we don't train our physical bodies properly, oftentimes we'll have physical problems. When we don't train our spiritual man spiritually, we'll have spiritual problems. My prayer for you, my brother, my prayer for you, my sister. May we train well physically and spiritually may we allow god to to uh, make us better physically and spiritually may we allow god to make us better on the outside and make us better on the inside look at what the bible says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart thoughts and attitudes of the heart that's the inside. That's the inside of us. God is trying to change, alter you and me so that we are different beings on the inside. We're going to get verse 13, children of God. We're going to close the Lord willing. 
nothing. Now watch this now. We're talking about God's word. All of, all of this is what God's word do. So if you're just reading the Bible and you're thinking, ah, this is a waste of time. Ah, nothing is really happening. You don't understand what God's word is all about and what God's word is doing. God's word, look at, we got five things already that God's word is. God's word is alive. God's word is active. God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. God's word penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. God's word judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It doesn't matter what you say and what I say. And God's word is judging that. In other words, there's a reason that you said that. There's a reason that I said that. There's a reason that you did this or that. There's a reason that I did this or that. God's word is judging everything. What we say, what we think, what we feel, what we believe, what we, God's word is judging. God's word is judging. Look at verse 13. We're going to close, children of God. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything, everything you think, everything you say, everything you feel, everything you believe, everything you trust, everything you, everything is uncovered laid bare before the eyes of him or before the eyes of God to whom we must give an account. Now, the same way everything is uncovered and laid bare before God, we must give an account of everything before God. So I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister, same way everything is uncovered, everything is laid bare. God is looking at every when he see you or he see me, he's seeing everything about you, everything about me, everything we think, everything we feel, everything we believe, everything we trust, everything. God said, when God see us, he see everything in us, everything with everything. We're going to have to give an account of everything. So we want to we want to work to straighten things up in us, straighten things up through us, work straighten things up for us, that God may be pleased. Well, children of God, we're not going to go too long today as I have really been uh, working hard, driving up and down Interstate 95 put in a lot of hours in the past couple of days. Uh, I'm going to have to rest myself as we have a number of activities that must be completed here before leaving the United States. Uh, may God continue to bless each of you. Uh, we thank God today for his word. Um, I know he shared many revelation with you and with me that were food for our 
immortal souls. We are immortal souls. We will we will exist forever. Preferably in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Preferably in the presence of our Heavenly Father, our Creator. Let us learn as much about Him, about His good, pleasing, and perfect will, about His desire for our life as we can, so that when we stand before Him, which we all will, He will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over just a few things, just a few things. Come on up. I'll make you ruler over many. That is my prayer for you. That is my prayer for me in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God bless you, children of God, and may heaven continue to smile on each of you. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.